Yo, what is going on? And welcome to the talk with Murphy Wells. And I am, of course, him coming to you live from Elite Blends Barbershop here in South St. Louis, Missouri. This is a podcast I created to talk about business, entrepreneurship, marketing with people who are trying to build brands, start businesses. But most importantly, we're trying to tell stories. And hopefully these stories resonate with you, the audience, and then you go forth and then you tell those stories. And like I said, I'm not coming to you from the crib. This is not one of those podcasts where I will Zoom for my my audience. Like It's the thing that I want to go to the place where the person is most themselves. And as I said here at Elite Blends, I am with a good friend, a savant of the craft. Oh, man. <laughs> man yeah, I said savant, man. And not only just that, but I mean, in these parts, there's some, there's some farm animals here, man. <laughs> oh, man. I give you all the goat, Sir Carowell. Oh, man. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having sure, me. Bro. Do we got to do like the... Boo, 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 boo. Like, no, no. <laughs> I mean, I can throw that in now right. that you said that. Like, <laughs> Or actually, we're going to do this one. <laughs> no, but thank you for having me, man, because it's just like I've always wanted the authentic barbershop experience, and I never really had that growing up because, you know, like you go to great clips when you're a little kid. Your mom, mom, <laughs> mom, mom don't care. You know? Right. But every time I come here, I feel like I just get to laugh. And appreciate good company. I get the best haircut. Yeah. Like you will never, you will never get a cleaner fade than with this man. Oh man, I'm, I'm, I'm I need. <laughs> we, we getting close. I'm gonna need to see you in about a week or two. Oh I'm, yeah, we're gonna get it in. We're gonna hook it up. So before I tell your whole story for you, which is not what this is about, why don't you give people a brief synopsis of who you are, what you do? Uh, my name is Sir Carolwell. I've been a barber for 19 years. I don't look my age, so. I know everybody going to be looking like uh, he got that Benjamin Button, but I, I do. I got that real Benjamin Button. Uh, but now I've been a barber for 19 years. Uh, for 10 of those years, I've been a business owner in the lead blends. Uh, and what I try to do with every single haircut, uh, of course, you want to provide a high-quality product. You want to give people something that they can't get anywhere else. But what makes my haircut special from what everybody's told me, this is not me saying this, is that uh, I give more than a haircut. I give wisdom. I give some type of insight or value that comes with my product. And that's one thing I'm very proud of. And yeah, man, I, I just love what I do. I mean, and we love that you love what you do because it shows <laughs> in the product, man. And I, I said this to someone the other day and the context was not very friendly. I will okay. admit that. <laughs> But I was getting into a dispute with a former client and I said to her, you know, price is what you pay. Value is what you get. It's true. And it's like the extension of you not just being a barber, but being a friend, being Mm -hmm. a guy who's lived a lot of life and who's you've reached some accolades, not only in your profession, but like just as a person. I I mean, what have we known each other for like two, two and a half years? Yeah, Uh, I started cutting hair at HQ at uh, First Form. One of the places that I cut, I cut, I cut everywhere. So if you ever get a haircut by me or you know me, I'm all over the place. I'm everywhere. Uh, but yeah, I met you at HQ two years ago, which is crazy. And then instantly we just hit it off. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like I call him Murph Dirty. <laughs> Everyone calls me Murph Dirty. Murph like, Dirty. For those of y'all like, who ain't from dog. <laughs> <laughs> For those of y'all who ain't from St. Louis or who weren't alive in the Late 90s to the mid-2000s. Murphy Lee. Murphy Lee is um, a hometown hero here for those that don't know him. Uh, but, like, 
As soon as I seen him, I'm like, your name Murph? I'm like, oh, Murph Dirty. That's my dog. <laughs> <laughs> no, we hit it off real, really quickly because, like, you you don't... The, the thing about the people who I associate with by by choice right. is, like, I need to be able to talk to you. Yeah. I'm not... Have, have we ever had a surface-level conversation? No, I actually... Honestly, man, I, shoot, we just be just be kicking it, man. We just... We're two individuals, I feel, that... Uh, have experienced so many different things within our life, whether it's good or bad, that we don't have time to stress. We don't, t- we don't have time to worry about why this ain't going right or why this is the way it is. And so what I know is that when, especially like, well, most of the time it's because we, you know, it's do a haircut. We just try to enjoy the time that we got. Yeah. And that's what, that's what's most important. Mm-hmm. It's like enjoying everything, enjoying every single moment mm-hmm. because uh, it's so cliche. You don't know when you're going to have that moment. So, yeah, we 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 definitely always have great deep conversation. I don't think it's just surface level. That's no. what you said. Well, we always yeah. chops it up. And yeah, I mean, for me, the thing I love about you, I've asked you a question before in the past when I first started making content before I went off on my own. Okay. And I asked you, like, what makes a good barber? Do you remember what you said? I remember was? that. What did you say? Uh, I remember vaguely. It's one word. Uh, consistency. Oh, yeah. That's my dog. That's my dog. <laughs> it's like, it's so cliche. Um, but everything in life that is um, uh, associated with success is the most cliche thing. And so consistency, for me, I have these things that I live by that helped me get to where I am today. And it was discipline consistency and patient. Mm. Uh, if you could learn those three core, it, it was another one, uh, but I can't remember right now, but if you learn those three core skill sets, you're unstoppable. And I think the way to properly give that example is to let the people know some of the things that you've accomplished that you're most proud of, because I know the things that everybody says, but I want to hear what from you, what is the most impactful things you feel you've accomplished within that career being disciplined and consistent and patient. Well, um, everybody that knows me uh, knows that I have a passion for pro wrestling. I have a lot of passions. I love basketball. I'm just a regular dude. I like everything that most people like. But uh, the most thing I was proud of is that I did what I wanted to do. Mm. Like, and that's like the one thing I always try to get people to start doing is like stop listening to every single person out there that is super negative, whether it be a parent, whether it be a, another friend, coworker, anything like that, do what you want to do. Now, I know that's easier said than done. And so what you may want to do may be one of the hardest things to do, but I'm telling you, once you do it, you are free. You are, you feel powerful. You feel like there ain't nothing that can hold you back. Mm-hmm. And so like everybody knows me, I love wrestling. I like I watched pro wrestling ever since I was eight years old. Yeah. Uh, my favorite—I didn't like Hulk Hogan. I liked the Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> I like Macho Man, Ultimate Warrior. I liked all those different types of things. But uh, the one thing that I used to be a little bit ashamed of is was my love for pro wrestling mm-hmm. because yes, it's scripted. Yes, it's choreographed. Yes, it's all these different types of things. It's straight it's, up corny in a lot of yeah, ways. Yeah, it could be corny. I, hey, that's all right. Not all, but, it's, but I, like, it's those like, dudes will wreck me. Like, uh, but one day, I was just sitting there and I was like, man, I really want to do this. 
I really want to cut their hair. And I said it out loud. And all of my friends and family looked and I was like, what? They're like, I said, I want to cut their hair, man. And they was like, oh yeah, sir, you know, it'll be cool. And you know, go ahead. And I was like, and then I know they didn't mean it in a malicious way, but like, they didn't understand how serious I was about it. And so I set on this journey. We'll just cut it short. I set on this journey and I did it. Uh, I made it all the way to WWE somehow just by being patient, being consistent, and being disciplined. And every single day trying to get 1% better. I think if there's a word that I could predict that would fill out those terms you tried to give credit to, if I may, it would have to be something that has to do with relationship building. Yeah. Because when I think about some of the, I mean, even us sitting here, you know, this wasn't just like, oh, my people will call your people. Like, I am Mm -hmm. my people. You are your people. Right. But that said, it's because of the relationship I have with you is why I really want to talk to you. And what got me to really embrace first form, for example, were the people. Mm -hmm. To me, when I look at what's transpired, at least from my view in your career, I mean, we think about the big man who... Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not going to say who it is. You can, but you have a relationship with them. Yeah. You treat them just like a regular human being. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the most important piece to being valuable to someone is just being like, I see you for who you are. And I just want to add value to who you are. Mm -hmm. What do you think of that? Uh, That's the one of the main reasons why I have been so successful. Um, I was just talking to my wife earlier today. Uh, I actually, get to be around so many highly successful uh, individuals, whether it be wealthy, rich, or famous. And even I get kind of like starstruck in the moment. But then at the same time, I just think about them. I'm like, they're just people. Like, I've been preaching this for a while now, like, because that's why I was saying, do what you want to do. We get so stuck on this person being this thing, like this, this superstar, this unachievable, untouchable type thing. And that person, the people that I've been around, the most successful people, the most famous people, they just them. They just like, I'm just me. Yeah. Whether it is somebody like Andy Frisella, all the way to Randy Orton. Yes, I said it. <laughs> but, <laughs> but like, yeah, like to them, to them, they just like, I'm just me, man. Yeah. Um, and the one thing that made me want to do uh, make it to WWE is because I, yes, I know these people are characters and are wrestlers and all that, but I think about the the hard work, the determination, the things they put themselves through, their body through, just to entertain you that's watching the television. Yeah, and then yeah, and somebody tell you that you suck and you really working your ass off to make this happen. That's the part that I wanted to be a part, and I think that's what made them all these different individuals that I've been able to be blessed to, to give them, uh, provide my service to them. They always like, man, you don't look at me like I'm this dude. You look at me like I'm just me. And yeah. I think that's the, that's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. That's what makes people <laughs> gravitate to you. And then also that's what is important to build a relationship just treating a person like who they are. Yeah. It's just, they're just a person. He's got a little bit more money or more talent or whatever it is. A little bit further ahead down the road than you are. Yeah. And I mean, bro, I can be vulnerable and honest. Like <clears throat> Andy was a big part of me turning my life around. Yeah. You come from Southside, 
And you went we to- We on the south side now. South side. <laughs> <laughs> south side's the best side. I don't care what no one says. Yeah, I love South St. Louis. South, south St. Louis is authentic St. Louis. It's the mm-hmm. most, I think, if you wanted the most like picturesque like idea of like what I think of St. Louis, yeah. it's this area, right up until about Mark's Coffee Shop. And then, okay. I mean, it's, it goes wider than that, but like, that's where like the spots where I really grew up and was right. around a lot. So that's where my childhood memories are. Mm-hmm. But like with Andy- I was such a such a fan because like I, I knew where he went to high school. I, I started mm-hmm. shopping for supplements in his first store. I loved the podcast. I loved his intensity. And then when you meet the person, it's like, yeah, this might be the person you look up to, but like they got shit going on. And you mm-hmm. need to respect that. And at first, like I was in fan mode and I could tell like this is the wrong way to approach it. And I later actually apologized for it because I was just like, that wasn't the best version of me. Yeah. I but he understood it. though. He did. Yeah, because he was like, because he was like, I'm this thing. I'm this mythological thing whatever blah 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 and so what happens is they don't even get a chance to be vulnerable they always got to have this persona Mm -hmm. and i was i would tell people that's not fair life's not fair but like but like i'm talking about the people that like when you meet your favorite celebrity of course you're gonna fan you're gonna all these different types of things but you have to really check yourself and like yo this dude wake up and get out of his bed just like me Mm mm-hmm and he got problems just like I do. He got bills yeah, just like I do. It's just his problems may be a little bit bigger than mine, but they're still problems. The basis of it is a problem. Bro, these, and that's actually kind of funny. Like, I, I respect the hustle under just about any means. As long as you ain't hurting nobody, like, yeah. through nefarious means, mm-hmm. I'm pretty okay with what you do. Obviously, there's shades to that, but that's not my point. My point largely is, though, is, like, you know, I respect hustle and I respect grind. And like you say, celebrities... You know, like in Hollywood, they were hurting really hard after like these writer strikes. That yeah. dude from Shark Take, Kevin O'Leary, who's a really good businessman. Yeah. He'll send you a personalized message for $1,200. Now, this man is how many millions of dollars and he will still hustle to sell you a personalized yeah. message. You know, oh, uh, uh, Bruce Buffer, who does yeah. the UFC. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. You can get him to do it's a person. time. It's Time. I don't know. He might be. He might be tougher than his brother, just a little bit. Oh no, we we talked about it. Bruce is better. Bruce, Bruce better. Like I like Michael Buffer because it's Michael well, let's Buffer. get ready to rumble. This man is a boxer. He's from <laughs> the south side of St. Louis. <laughs> he will knock you the fuck out, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Everybody tell me I do that good. Though. You so, do. So like you know, just just let me know if I gotta. Uh, uh, a future in a uh, voice or whatever, whatever the voiceovers, voice yeah. <laughs> but, but but like the but, but like Bruce Buffer will do one for your like podcast intro for like three hundred bucks. Oh, that ain't shit. I'm a, I'm a, yeah, we, hey, the we Zach and Pat show. We're talking about hey, doing we that. I have to go ahead and mm-hmm. <laughs> that, I love that. I love that hustle and I grind and I, I see that in you because you're not just here all day. You'll go whether it's professional wrestling. Other sports, first form. This isn't your only location, too, is it? No, this is the only one. This, this is the only, only one. This is the only one right now. I definitely want to open up a second location. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, you know, you get in your own way. But uh, I definitely want to do that um, because I have, I have so many, uh, actually, people have came to me, which was crazy. Um, and I've been counting, but like, I have like at least eight to nine barbers have inquired about working with me. When I say with me, it's like, you don't work for me. You work with, you know, we're Partnering. a team. But, like, it's a lot of barbers that, like, I've been very humbled by. They was like, yo, man, like, one guy, uh, shout out to my man. He probably, if you watch this or if you listening, uh, he moved all the way from Atlanta. 
And he found me through social media and was like, yo, I want to come work here. And I was like, oh, crap. Yeah. So it's like, that's just a testament to the hustle. Yeah. You know, it's like, you can't stop, man. You just, you just cannot stop. You can't let nothing stop you from being where you want to be. So like, that's why also too, I, I'm able, able to achieve everything that I've done. I don't stop. Like just as highly as successful I am, I still like, I feel like I got to do more because mm-hmm. it's, it's a kid that might be behind me. That's, that's a barber who's watching me. And not only do he want his spot, but he's learning, you know what I mean? And then it might be a barber that's older than me or a barber somewhere else that's been doing it and I ain't doing shit compared to him. So it's like, I got to stay on the grind. I got to. I love it. And I think the humility is what fuels the grind because you recognize like no matter how good things may be in the moment, it was a conversation I had with Mark. He was like, yeah, man, you think you're doing good right now, but when yeah. you ain't doing good, you'll be feeling the same way. Yeah. Mark, Mark is man, he killing it with a coffee shop and they, he has a men's group and he has all these yeah. different now Mark Joe, he owns uh Omen Coffee. Oh, he was he was on uh the episode of a guest oh, okay. two episodes for you. Yeah, yeah. So like all you guys know, Mark is Im- impeccable mm-hmm. when it comes to these things. I learned from him yeah. uh as a businessman. And but like you gotta think about he is a coffee shop owner. He's completing with Piper's, Starbucks. Starbucks, yeah. And so like with me as a barber, we mentioned great clips. Yeah, I want to be the the different version of great clips or sports clips or whatever it is, whatever, whatever is that huge conglomerate. I would love Elite Blends to be there, uh, and you just learn it, and so you just can't stop. It's like if it get hard, keep working. You know, stay on the grind, follow you know, follow the path, stick to the plan, and that's that's what it takes, man. Yeah, yeah. So what I love so much about the grind and the hustle and why I love coming here is that it's an in-person brick and mortar business Mm -hmm. as a media producer, as everyone's camera guy or whatever I do, everyone's content creator. I spend a lot of time looking at phones and computer screens and cameras and like, it's all good and I love it. But like there is something so great about going to be with people in person and having that value exchange when you think, and this is something I asked you a long time ago, well, within two years, Mm -hmm. I asked, you know, what was your appeal to getting into barbering? You remember what you said? What was that? Motherfucker's always going to need haircuts. That too. You can't get that with AI. Yeah. You can't. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, like for real, like where I got into barbering is money. <laughs> I was always a hustler. I've been working since I was 14 years old, man. Oh, man. Uh, my first job, I worked at a gas station. Mm, me too. And, uh, but it was back, like, I, like y'all don't know if the kids watching or whatever. I was a full service clerk. And what I used to do, I used to change tires. I used to check oil and check your fluids, top you off and pump gas. Now, everybody's like, oh, you pumped? I pumped gas. I pumped gas. Yeah, but like I got a tip. And I think at 14, I was bringing home like $150 a week. Yeah. Like that's that's not bad for a 14-year-old. All I did was buy some candy and a video game, whatever. But I thought I was the shit. Oh, uh, bro, I was bringing home one hundred fifty dollars a week, but like adjusted for inflation, I was really bringing back like you know, yeah, maybe seventy five, fifty three. Yeah, yeah, back then. <laughs> but it's like I've always been a hustler. I, I love it. I love trying to figure out ways how I can, you know, make money or anything like that. But like when when I got into barbering, uh, I was down on my luck. I had rock bottom and. I had to really sit back and look at what I wanted to do. I like shoes. I like sneakers and stuff like that. 
I wanted to open up a sneaker shop. I need a 10 grand to get a Nike account. Mm. I was like, I ain't got no 10 grand. And then little known fact, I used to produce beats. I used to make beats. Beats by to, sir? Yeah. I, but I was trash. I sucked. <laughs> At least he kept it on. <laughs> I was suck. I was like, I was like, if you hear some of my beats now, you're like, yeah, bro, I'm glad you cut hair. But like it was, it was like do 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 and then one day I just snapped. I was like, fuck it, I don't want to make beats. No this way. ain't me. But no, like I grew up, but well, not grew up, but like I was like 19, 20 years old. That was like 2003. Yeah. Uh, and I wanted to move to Atlanta. I wanted to be around Lil John and all of them. You were gonna do crunk music? Oh man, I was Did you see with Lil it. John at the Super Bowl? I was with it. Oh man, I lost my mind. I said it. I said I'm they're like, gonna get Lil John, Luda, and Usher up man, there. They're gonna do I'm like, yeah. I'm and gonna was, be pissed off. Like they ain't got Lil, Lil John on here. I'm, but no, I, I man, I wanted to be around all them. But um, then I had to be real with myself. I had to look like I was cutting. I've been cutting hair since I was 17, and I was decent. You know, I, I was cutting out my apartment uh, when I used to work. I used to be an office cleaner. Mm-hmm. Basically, I took out trash and clean bathrooms. But when I worked at Boeing, I used to cut people hair in the locker room before we went to work. Uh, I was always, uh, always hustling. Uh, and then I would cut people at college when I was in community college. Mm-hmm. I got caught by the dean of the school getting, uh, get, uh, cutting people hair in the bathroom. <laughs> and he's looking at me like, just hurry up. Don't, don't do this no more. Man, wherever I could cut hair, I was doing it. And so like you said, I was like, man, motherfuckers gonna need haircuts all the time. And then, so I was like, you know what? I can, and then my, she was my girlfriend at the time, my wife. She was like, you know, you should really pursue this. And that's what I did. Mm. And it was the best decision I ever made in my life. Outside of marrying my wife, the, the, greatest, to, yeah. the greatest decision I ever made for me career-wise. Wife, career. Yeah. You won't be in trouble later. <laughs> oh, no, I won't be in trouble. I, I tell her that all the time. She actually tell you, like, no, it was the best decision. Because oh, she was looking at me like, you ain't going nowhere. You a knucklehead. <laughs> but... I think that's awesome, though, that you can have someone who could see that potential in you, can see mm-hmm. what you're good at, and that they'll stick with you when it's hard. And, you know, I, I, I'm not someone who is, you know, I haven't dated around a lot enough to have that with someone, like, long term. Mm-hmm. But for y'all to be dating at the time and to get married, I, I think companionship, because when I first started my business, companionship was there. Yeah. And obviously you have to adjust. What is the value of that? Like to have a running mate, have a partner like that? Because I think for a lot of people, me, we try to do everything by ourselves. Mm-hmm. And even if they're not in here running the books or they're not here cutting hair, they're still on your team. Yeah. What's yeah, the impact well, of that person in your life? The greatest thing that my wife gives me is she believes in me. Because when you have somebody that just fully trusts you and believe in you, it's one of the most powerful things that you could ever have. And it'd be times I don't believe in myself. All the stuff that I did, I, man, I, I drove that woman crazy every single day. I was like, it's WWE. What you think? Or is this, this and that? Or even when I try to open up this shop with my friend Calvin, I was like, I was always, believe it or not, I, I'm a person that was very, I'm very self-conscious. But also I had very low self-esteem. Uh, just from my upbringing and everything like that. So I was not a person that was very confident. I was very pessimistic. And, but for something, something about her, she always saw the potential in me. She always believed in me. And I, she says I give her too much credit, but she just doesn't realize how much she pretty much saved my life in a way because I wasn't, I wasn't doing nothing with myself. 
Like I said, I was trying to do the beats and I was all this stuff. I was getting high and hanging out and not going to class and all this stuff. And when I wanted to be a barber, I had $30 to my name. I had no money, nothing. And then when I went to the barber school and I filled out the application, it was a $100 application. And so we sitting in there and I'm talking to the dean. She's with me. And I look at it and I was like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll take this. I'll, bring, I'll be back. You know, like I was about to flake. Mm -hmm. She got in the car. She was used to me being a hustler. She was used to me having money. She's like, what are you doing? Why don't you just pay for it? So I ain't got no money. She was like, she was confused because she was so used to me having money. And she was like, what you mean you ain't got no money? I said, I'm broke. I was about to get evicted from my apartment. I had a Trans Am that was breaking down. I, I, I couldn't fix that. And I basically was working and tired of cleaning these goddamn toilets. And I was done. And I wasn't going back to my mama house. She paid for my application. Go to barber school. That's how much she believed in me. And then that was in 2004, 2005. I've been around a long time. I was 11. But, but like, but, <laughs> so, <laughs> but, but that's what I'm saying. Like when I, when I talk about the stuff, like we just, we just, we be traveling and all this stuff. And I was like, did you know I was going to do all this? She was like, yeah. I was like, you bullshit. <laughs> like, but she was like, she said, no, I always knew that you have, you have something inside of you that's, that's special that's going to happen. I always believed in you. Yeah. So when you have that behind you, there's nothing like it. The companionship is is just amazing. I'll I'll never, I'll never stray. I'll never always. She got me, mm -hmm. and I love her for that. Loyalty is important. Yeah, I'm loyal to the soil. Mm -hmm. And I think what people have to realize that we be trying to look for that. Yeah. But if sometimes it be right next to you, it be yeah. right in front of you. You just don't even know. Uh, you just have to. Be patient. Mm -hmm. You have to just chill and just let it come to you. Yeah. Like, that's that's the truest thing I can say. My last relationship, I mean, it's like, it just kind of came to me. Yeah. And it was awesome. And it was an adventure. And because it ended, it doesn't mean she wasn't loyal. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, we truly care about each other. Yeah. But it is one of those things that it's like, she has her stuff to focus on. I have mine. It doesn't mean we don't believe in each other. But you will find yourself, if you're anything like me, who mm -hmm. I'm pretty introverted, believe it or not. A lot of people don't believe that. I'm like, oh, believe it. You know, you'll find a person and you got to remember that, like, even if you two don't make it, mm -hmm. you shouldn't disrespect the belief they had in you. Yeah, exactly. And mm -hmm. oftentimes you got to subject yourself to harder situations in life to really earn it from yourself. Because I think in not only being someone who wants to be a professional, but in someone who wants to be a good partner, it is how you love yourself and it is how you treat yourself. It's going to be a reflection of how you treat other, mm -hmm. how you going to treat other people. That scared the hell out of we me. We got live stuff. We got live. <laughs> Southside's South always doing something, y'all. around. We, we live. And <laughs> I saw like them all popping wheelies the other day. I'm like, this ain't Philly, y'all. Nah, nah, they just rolled around. It, it's not a bad part of town. Nah. Oh, shit. Are oh, you good? But um, you, you had mentioned self-awareness and self-esteem both being things that you can struggle with despite the, the heights you've reached. And I really relate to that. When you think about some of the things that you really struggle with, the emotions, the self-esteem, how does that like, how can you verbalize that? How can you put that into words? Imposter syndrome. I didn't know what that meant. Uh, I didn't know what that meant until up until like two years ago. 
two, three years, what is it, 2024? Yeah. So really, all the way up until 2020, uh, I battled with imposter syndrome a lot. Um, what it is is that you don't feel like you're good enough or you feel like you're a fraud or you're fake or you feel like um, everybody's going to find out like that you ain't this thing, that thing that they think you are. Uh, but I think that comes from a lot of pressure that you put on yourself and a lot of pressure that other people put on you. Um, and then also all the negative things that people tell you over your, your course of your life. And it's one of the hardest things, if not for me, it was the hardest thing for me to battle with. Because like, so for example, um, and I know there's going to be like, oh, people like, oh, wow, you shouldn't say that or anything like that. I have so many people tell me how great I am. I have so many people tell me how I'm the goat of barbering. And then I would look on social media and look at this other guy and I'm like, no, nah, he better than me. Or I ain't that good. Or, you know, it's all these intrusive thoughts that you have. And it comes from all these negative things or negative experiences that you had in your life that makes you feel that way. Uh, sometimes it leads to people having depression. I had depression. I battled anxiety. I also went to therapy. Uh, the reason why I'm advocating for therapy, because I feel men, no matter what color they are, black, white, brown, yellow, dip, we have to be tough. We have to be strong. We have to be all these different types of things 24-7. You can't let no motherfucker step on your, your foot. You can't let nobody do anything to you. And you always have to be tough. And that is one of the most dangerous things and one of the most toughest things that you deal with. So like when I had these intrusive thoughts, uh, I wanted to quit. I have them today. I still do. I still have. Preach. Like I have these things like people like you do this, you do that, you do blah, blah, blah. Sometimes you wake up in the morning and you're like, is this even shit. worth it? I'm like, man, I just, but you can't. Man. Like, so I'm jumping all over the place, but I was thinking about a whole bunch of different types of things. And I actually had the opportunity uh, to speak with Andy. And Andy was talking about some things in the barber chair while he was getting cut by Kelly. Mm -hmm. And I just felt compelled to maybe I could say something to, you know, that might be impactful to him. But I was like, what I learned and what I know he already knows, but sometimes it's good for him to even hear because how great he is. You got to learn not to give a fuck in a good way. You got to start learning that you can't live your life for nobody else. You got to live your life for you, no matter who it is. And the whole, everything is not your responsibility. It's not. That's one of the hardest things in the world. It's not your responsibility. Uh, <laughs> it's not. Will you like, say it one more time? It's not your responsibility. It's not. You doing this podcast right now, while I'm looking at this camera, whatever, is not your responsibility to make sure that somebody that looks at this video and gets something from it. You're just, your only responsibility is to do what you're doing right now, is just provide the platform, provide the word. Whatever somebody takes from it, that's, that's them. But it's not your responsibility that this thing reaches somebody and makes sure it changes their life. That is the toughest thing. And then also, too, what I want to say is about these intrusive thoughts. You cannot quit. You cannot give up. You know why? Because you might be helping somebody else that you don't even know that you're helping. Like, for example, I wanted to be at first form. That was a goal. I didn't think I could. I, and that was fat. 
It's okay to say that you're fat. We're not even supposed to say that you're fat, but I was fat. I was, was fat as hell. I was 237 pounds. I'm 194 pounds. Shout out to Kelly Ooh. Pullman. Um, sponsor trainer, Kelly yeah, Pullman. Kelly Pullman. Sponsor trainer. Uh, you can look him up on First Porn uh, 1P because uh, if you go ahead and uh, get real close on the microphone, if you go ahead and go up and uh, sign up with Kelly, I get a discount. But guess what? He's going to give you the best body, the best nutrition, everything that you need to do. So just go ahead and holler at Kelly Pullman. Uh, and tell the search century, and then you know that way I get that that you know, that discount. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> you got to put a little comedy on there. But no, I thought about this. I wanted to be a first for him because I felt that was Mark, Mark Joe, Matt Joe, Brian Lagunas. Uh, then I man, look at how powerful this is. I'm I'm gonna get Brown to it. All these different types of people kept coming to me at the barbershop. They all kept on telling me like, "Hey, sir." We'd love to have you at HQ to cut people hair. And, you know, you know, this, this, and that. And then I'm looking at finally, I didn't know what first form was. I looked it up. I'm like, oh, they sponsor athletes. Everybody buff. Everybody jacked. I'm looking at me. I was like, I want to be buff. I want to be jacked. Mm. I was like, yo, so I can they can help me look good. And I can help them look good because the haircut is a part of it. You did more now. It wasn't that. It I wasn't am- even that. They mentally got me back together. But because this is where I want to get to the point, y'all. Because I wanted to be there, because I followed what I wanted to do and followed my dreams, because of what I did, my son works there now. Really? My son works in the warehouse, and he works there, and he's getting himself together. And Man. he's That's what I'm saying. If I would have quit, if I would have stopped, if I didn't want to do that, I wouldn't... I'm not saying I gave him the opportunity, but my association with the business provided the opportunity. First form provided the opportunity because they believed in me yeah. and I believed in them. But if I was like, man, this is cool and all, whatever, but I'm, I'm going ahead and dip, my yeah. son wouldn't get the opportunity. So what I'm saying is you don't even know what you're doing. Yeah. You don't even know in your life that you could be riding away from somebody else. So you can't let those thoughts creep in. You can't quit. You can't. Let other, what other people say to you bother you. You, you got to stick to your guns and not give a fuck in a good way. <laughs> I, no, I appreciate that. And I, I had a moment over here because I've been going through that very heavily lately. And mm-hmm. I wake up every day and think I am not shit. I wake up. I know. I feel it. I can, I can not, not saying you, but I, no, I, understand. I understand. But yeah. I wake up angry most days. Mm-hmm. I've been going through a really tough time mentally and emotionally. Like it's it's been to a whole new level of bad for me lately. Mm-hmm. And I I get almost resentful when people tell me like, "Oh man, I love what you do with your Instagram. You're such a good speaker. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love the way you do content." You want and I'm just like, I, "You keep telling me this stuff like I appreciate it, but I don't feel like I deserve it." And oftentimes I think I come off as ungrateful. So, first of all, like legitimately y'all like Thank you. It's, it's a personal thing. And this man verbalized it so well because <sighs> I thought about this today. You ever seen like anywhere you go where it says no one cares, work harder, like in a gym yep. or whatever. I, I started to like think about it. I'm like, I don't think work harder is the thing you need to say because oftentimes we'll do exactly what it is you said and we'll take responsibility for everything. Well, oh, I don't care. I just got to work harder. You know, just I got 24 hours a day. We got to make 25 hours a day. Bit. I be, and it's Become just like a little bit. I think the way I think a better way we could start saying this is no one cares. Be better. I think if you say be yeah. better, that says just improve, mm-hmm. continue to improve. Be a better content creator. Be a better barber. Be a better father. Be a better husband. Be a better 
asset to your community. It doesn't mean you have to do everything yourself and it doesn't mean everything is your fucking fault. Mm -hmm. I often think everything is my fucking fault. Mm -hmm. And then I think, oh, well, it doesn't matter. Just work harder. And then what happens is you stop believing. All you have is work at that point. It's not like I enjoy it anymore. It's like, oh, well, I'm going to shame myself into working 23 hours a day. I'm going to eat one hour. Man, fuck that. Mm -hmm. Like, I think the proper term is nobody cares, but you do. You care about yourself. So, like, Mm. nobody doesn't care. It's the truth. It really is. I said this before, too, to somebody. I was like, and it's okay. I've I've come to a point that I understand everybody got their own thing. But, like, I think about this pandemic that happened. I don't want to bring up no flashbacks or no trauma. But I'm just thinking about, like, the purge, right? I'm going to go to the stream, but hear me out. But, like, look. Like let's say the purge. The purge happened right now while we're talking. Like, the new founding fathers of America. Everybody, you're like, oh, shit. But think about this. As much as you love me and I love you and you my brother, things like that, you have to go take care of your family. Right now, whether it's your mom, I don't know if you got your dad or whatever. Let's say you got, you got, you got to take care of your family right now. And I got to take care of my family because it's the purge. You got to get home right now. You can't worry about me. You can't. So it's okay that you don't care. We're going to slap five. We're going to drop these microphones. Like, hey, bro, you good? See you in 12 I, hours, y'all. Hey, but where you going to be at? Hey, hey, holler at me. Mm. Call me. I'll see you in the gym like two, day, like two days from now. But like, I know that's the extreme, extreme thing, but think about this. After we do this podcast, you go go home. Mm-hmm. You go eat dinner. Yeah. You go watch TV. You go work on this. You go work on you're not going you go think about me because you had to do this because you're creating the content but tomorrow you're not going to think about me cuz you got these things to do blah, blah blah it doesn't mean that you don't like me or you don't love me or care yeah. about me but nobody cares because it's like oh, I know he good there's this net so it could be a good thing that nobody cares but you have to be the one that to care you have to be the one that cares about you that gives a fuck about you because ain't nobody going to give a fuck about you ain't nobody going to love you the way you love yourself God damn it, I love myself. I do. I, I used to didn't like myself or whatever because I had everybody has these insecurities. Oh, I, don't, I wear glasses. Uh, I got this. I got that. Uh, blah, blah, blah. But ain't nobody like me but me. Like, you know, ain't nobody Murph but Murph. It was like you got people that's got similarities to you, but the most beautiful thing that God did with each one of us I always think about like when he was making us, it's like, oh, Murph, all right. When he, when he get big, he going to have a beard and he going to have this. And then boom, they slap you on the ass and take you down to whatever. But he made each and every one of us so uniquely different, even though we got the same thing. We just like ice cream. That's why I like to do it. I'm sorry, I'm going off. No, you know, but I got to tell vanilla, you something. You vanilla, I'm chocolate. That's no, what, but it's funny. because We got like... the same shit. <laughs> well, I got to be vanilla. Huh? Well, I gotta be vanilla. Well, you might be butter pecan. <laughs> I'm, I'm, and then I'm cookie like, dough. Cookie dough. Cookie dough. That's my I'll shit. I fuck with that. But like, think about <laughs> this. We the same. We got ten toes, ten fingers, two eyes, one nose. Blah blah. blah. Yeah. We just like ice cream. Ice cream is made the exact same way. Milk, sugar, all this just flavor. Put, just put a little flavor. You know, little, you got, little you, got a little, you got a little Italian, and I got a little bit of a uh, uh, Nigerian and whatever. <laughs> Yeah. Still ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm sorry, y'all. I know this is going to be hilarious. All, All right. Well, okay. If God, if, I think when God <laughs> made me, he definitely had a sense of humor. He's like, right. It's going to be like Ben Affleck, but like 
65% of Ben Affleck. <laughs> I kid you not. And, bro, you know. I got who, most Dave Chappelle. <laughs> I can see that. I think it's, yeah. No, actually, if you shade your beard, I can see it. If you got the five o'clock Cheryl, you look like Batfleck, like Batman. <laughs> like Batman. <laughs> and I don't know the worst Boston accent. Like right. I can, I Boston. Can, Who's car are we taking? Yeah, you, well, what? Shout wait, out wait, Boston. It's cold as fuck out you there. Ever, you ever seen The Departed? The Departed. Miles Kennefick. The Departed, his mother. Right. I said, go fuck yourself. <laughs> fuck yourself. Like, dude, what yeah, you I, got that down. Oh, yeah. I was, I was going to go out to Southie, kid. Oh, okay. No, I, I actually, when I was serving tables, I would get real bored. And I would start doing the fucking Boston shtick. They're like, what brought you to Springfield, Missouri? <laughs> they got good chowder. No, they don't. Good. No, they don't. <laughs> but it was just any, any opportunity yeah. to use vowels with the Boston accent, I did it. Yeah. And you know what? You know, some people remembered you, but then they'd come back and you started right. talking with that Midwest nays. Like, all right, what's up, y'all? My name is Murphy. Like, right. I thought you said you were from Boston. Go Red Sox. Yeah, they're her. Yeah. No, sorry. I can't help that. it. <laughs> Real dope. <laughs> it is what it is man but i think those are all really important points and i think loving yourself is something that you know bro I, I really did need to hear that and it means a lot to me just to hear you go there because i think for a lot of people they don't think you can like mix business and personal if if you didn't have the relationships do you think you could barber you didn't talk to no there's no know. way there's no way you, you can't have so I tell barbers all the time, young barbers and things like that, especially when they lose their passion, that you have to be personable. I talked this to my son the other day, too. Um, barbering is a business of people. The product is people. Mm. So you have to be personable. You have to. Some, some barbers don't like how personable you have to be with, a, uh, with your clients. I wouldn't have this. We wouldn't have this conversation or doing this podcast if I wasn't personable with you. Um, but it's imperative that you make sure it's not that you make your client feel like they're the only one, but you make sure that they feel like they're important or they're a part of the family or the friendship that they have. Oof. And I think that's one of the most thing, powerful things that I have in my arsenal when it comes to being a barber. Mm -hmm. I make sure that it, you feel it's imperative that you get a haircut, not just like, um, Oh, you look bad or something like that. You need a haircut. Yeah. No, I make it personable where it's like, no, you want a haircut, you should get a haircut. And you should get the best one that you, that you came for. I think that's what made me so uh, 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 successful. But like, also, too, it's important that I cut your hair because I want to make money. So like, I better do a good job. Like, so it's like, it's like a lot of people might be like, oh, man, that sounds so uh, uh, materialistic. No, you're in business to You don't have money. bills to pay? Yeah. Do you yeah. not have shit you want to buy? Yeah, yeah. I don't, bro. A lot of people don't, they don't understand that when it comes to like barber, uh, don't go me, don't let me get on a, a tirade about barber pricing because. Or media pricing. Because people, the, the clientele, I understand. I get it. I really do. But you really get what you pay for. And I just don't do what everybody else does. But. I would like to do a short breakdown just right now because I went on a tirade. But like, for example, like everybody's listened to us on this podcast and, and all these different types of things, but they don't understand that the costs of equipment, the, the, the time, the things that go into it that you have to pay for it in order for you to put out a product. Mm -hmm. And so when people are like, oh man, it shouldn't cost that much to do blah, 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 this, this, that. Oh, it shouldn't cost as much to do a haircut. It shouldn't. 
but it does. The haircut, so for example, barbers have to go get education. They have to take out student loans or they have to pay for school themselves just to give you a $20 haircut that you think that you want. Then we have to spend thousands of dollars on our equipment just to give you that $20 haircut that you think that you want. And then also that haircut has to be flawless. And then also the overhead. These lights are on right now. I have to pay for that. I have to pay for all these different types of things. And so me charging you what I charge, which is $50 for a haircut, is actually I'm behind the eight balls before you even sit in the chair. Yeah. So it's like, but I get it. I understand because most people are like, oh my God, and this is this, this is that. But then when they see the product and they like the product, they still get upset because they don't want to pay for the product. But I just think about this, like you want a Porsche, but you want to pay for a Pontiac. There's no way that you can do that. So I don't know what we're talking about, but I, I'm, I get sidetracked with that. It was, it's the fact that it's a people-based business. It's a people-based business. So even though when you run into that, when you run into those clientele that you may feel underappreciated or they try to nickel and dime you or hustle you or make you feel those intrusive thoughts that you're not good enough, mm-hmm. there are tens or thousands of more people that do believe in you yeah. and will pay you more than what you ever could imagine. Sometimes with some of my clients, I never told them my price. They just give me what they felt that was uh, uh, what I was worth. And it wasn't a cheap. It I was would imagine, highly expensive. I would imagine the person was, like, was doing well, too, to where. Yeah. I, was, I asked him, like, you sure? And I was like, I'm like no, bro, you, you worth it. You this, you that. And then, then they're like, how much you charge? Well, I charge this. And it's like for a house call or whatever. They were like, oh, man, give me 150 back. They're like, oh, no, no they don't be like that. Like, no, I'm joking. Yeah, bro, but like, but like, it's just that. It's just that. And so like. If you're a barber that's listening to this right now, I ain't saying you get on some cocky, arrogant type stuff like, you know, like, oh, man, you're going to pay me this, this, and that. No, you got to put in the work. You have to make sure that your product is credible and is valuable, and you make sure that you give, you put your foot in it because mm. the people will pay you for it. So it's there. So it's, it's a personable business. But what I do is, like I said, I always try to give my clients something, or I try to make sure that they get exactly what they ask for. Now, I mean, it's, 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 it's impossible to give them 100% of it, but I get as close as I can. That's the personable. Yeah. Yeah. I've never walked away from a haircut with you not having the best experience ever. And yeah, when it comes right down to it, like I said earlier, price is what you pay, value is what you get. Mm-hmm. I remember you said that to me a while, and I, I took that. I learned from you. I was like, you know what, you're right. And that was a couple of years ago. Price is what you pay, value is what you get. Yeah, because I was coaching salespeople, and I was like, guys, look, you are not just a person who has a code. You're a person who has to be the example because, mm-hmm. you know, we're in sports performance and nutrition and that kind of stuff, even sports apparel. Yeah. That's what First Form does. The fuck? Why am I out here right. coding? But right. I was like, you guys can't pretend to be influencers. You have to be aware that like people want to buy from people they like, but you can't just pose as a person they like. You have to truly look at that person in front of you and say, your experience matters to me. And mm-hmm. that's why even as a customer, bro, I, I come to you, I go to a restaurant. I, I, I try to be as agreeable as possible. I try to be as friendly as possible. I try to tip well, because like you said earlier, when you treat people well, and when you bring a certain kind of energy to these relationships, mm-hmm. it compounds and brings you better things in return. Mm-hmm. That person will bring you a referral. That person's tip will go up. I was about to say that. 
the 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 fade gets cleaner somehow. Mm-hmm. I remember the first time I ever like really took a look at the back of Brian Lagunas's head. I'm like, man, that thing looks penciled in. <laughs> I that, and I'm like, where you get that? And he goes, that's well, my guy. You and just you just gotta treat people right because you, I cut Brian Lagunas and Brian Lagunas led to you. Led to a lot. That's what I'm saying. Led to a whole bunch of st- like like seriously. I cut Brian Lagunas and Mad Mark, and then next you know I I got a whole new demographic of clients. At first, for all because of the quality and and just treating them, treating them with care, kindness, and everything, it opened me up to a whole new world. Mm-hmm. I did Summer Smash and got to see Rick Ross on stage Whoa. with chain smokers and all these different yeah, and hard. all and and meet all these and then I'm privy to so many different conversations just listening to all these different types of people from all walks of life, and I'm just sitting there like, "What well, you do? What and you do this and you." Yeah. All because you treated somebody right. Yeah. You just treat people right, man. Do what's right because it's right. That's why I was able to come back and contract. Martin Luther King. Do what's right because it's right. That's why I was able to come back and contract a first form for, you know, the time that I did. And then, you know, the opportunity whenever it presents mm-hmm. itself as needed is like, if I didn't go in there and show them that I cared about the mission, if I didn't recognize everything that they put on the table, the Vercellas, Jason, Will Grumke, Chris yeah. Klein, all those guys, like they've traded a lot of their lives for that. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to change my life. Well, if I'm going to go in there and I'm going to see this thing that changes lives, I'm not going to get with the program and I'm not going to treat people well, which, you know, you have to learn to love yourself. While I struggle with it, you have to look and say to yourself, like, I am worth the investment of myself because if I don't do it for me, I can't do it for anyone else. And if you can't Mm -hmm. do those things for anyone else, you're going to be in a very dead end position in life. Yep. And that's not where you want to be. The one thing I hate feeling in life is powerless. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's Yeah, it's what I've done. I, I get an attitude like it's, it's not even it's not even powerless. It's like I'm a brat. Like you, if you tell me I can't do something, oh, oh man. man, that's the worst thing you could do. Stop playing. With I'm me. a motivated motherfucker. When you, when, if boy, I care about the thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you like, man, you can't do that. What, <laughs> bro? You know who the fuck you talk? That's how. Of course, like I'll you, put my foot in something every, else. Everybody, everybody turns into whatever they 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 alter ego is. That's why everybody got personality. Run our test. Yeah, I'll punch everybody turns. I go from sir to sc. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? All right, bro. You know, all right. I'm gonna show you what's up. Yeah. But like that, oh. I, I get it. I get it. I get it. I get an attitude. I'm like, nah, bro. I, I can't do what. All right. Let me yeah. show y'all what's up. It started when I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm gonna go with psychiatrist on you for a second, but like. I was the little kid. I was a little chubby ass kid too. <laughs> you know, I'm talking like and sub bean pole, sub ten years old, and you know, like I was sensitive because like my father figure wasn't around in my life. My, my step, my pops came into my life, yeah. but I was like ten, so yeah, you know, you don't really have that, and like didn't want to make me cry. And eventually, I got tired of crying one day, and some kid started fucking with me, and I, I mean, YouTube might want to take this down, but I, I took my textbook and I smacked him across the face with it. Oh man, I, I've seen seen something similar like that. I seen somebody <laughs> get hit with a lunch tray. Man, I, hey, but I wasn't funny. supposed to laugh. Yeah, I wasn't supposed to yeah, laugh, but, but man, it was the most. If you've been thing. beat up, it's kind. You can kind of oh, yeah. laugh. Like I've oh, been yeah. there. Everybody took some meals. Yeah. I got jumped. I man, I'm a, I, no, I ain't gonna say what I'm about. A girl say. slapped me in, in eighth grade. Boy, I ain't do nothing. <laughs> you ain't do nothing. <laughs> nothing. That, I, I had it coming. I had it coming. No, I called her trifling. and she, she slapped. Oh. oh, she slapped me, bro. You know what's funny? Boy, she, boy, she not. You know that pal. That white light. <laughs> I was like, oh, she probably gave me a concussion. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you should have gone to the hospital. But it's like, I, 
Bro, that got health insurance right now. I'm sorry. I learned to keep my mouth closed. I ain't say nothing else to her. I was like, I'm, it was like everybody, boy. You know what's funny? Mm-hmm. It's like in eighth grade, like even at Berkeley Middle School, you know, it was like about the time he was starting this, it was like yep. mid 2000s. We were in class one day and one girl said to some little dude acting up, she's like, you're trifling. And the teacher, sour cream, cottage cheese, Elmer's glue, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, that's not actually what trifling means. Oh, no. I'm like, man, look, I, I, you just let us have this. Man. How are you going to come in and ruin this in like eighth man, grade? Everybody right now? always want to. That's the problem, man. Everybody don't mind their business, man. Hey, man, just stay out the way, bro. Mind your business. Actually, <laughs> actually, that's the worst thing you could do. Why everybody just like, nah, just, man, just stay out the way. Stay in your yeah. lane, man. Tell everybody that. I mean, dude, I appreciate that. And I think we've we've started an amazing conversation here. I could honestly talk to you for two days straight, I feel like. I'll be back in the chair before you know it. But before we uh, sign off for the night, I always have my guest. Well, I'm a guest in your barbershop, but my podcast guest, I always have them ask me a question. And it can be anything, anything. If there's ever been a time where the word anything can come out, it's right now. Right. (laughs) And you don't even drink. But, like, what would you ask me? Um... So I always tell people, do what they want to do. So I'm going to ask you, what do you want? What do you want to do? Whether, whether it's your wildest, craziest dream, mm. like something that you feel is so unattainable, what is it that you want? The thing that, and I've been talking about this, I'm trying to speak this into existence so hard. I've lived in Missouri my whole life. Mm-hmm. And for some people, they're really cool with that. I'm not. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to go to Florida, South Beach, like, West Palm Beach more so. Mm -hmm. And I really want to start establishing myself as someone to to be sought out there. I want to build my name and the next part of my legacy out there. Maybe not forever, but to me that feels impossible because I've never left here as far as relocating. And that's just step one. I want to grow this business out and I, I eventually want to have more of like an independent media company in terms of like reporting on the news and current events and hopefully put people on to write stories and things of that nature. Cause as you've seen with my social media, I'm really big about chiming in on current events, right? I'm still in that stage where I'm trying to do everything by myself. So having that media company be something of its own there and grow legs and be able to start hiring people and promote jobs. Like that's one of the things Andy's taught me so much is like, if you're an entrepreneur, your, your goal should not be to be by yourself forever. Like yeah. to be able to create jobs for people is very important. And I feel like, me always wanting to get to the truth and trying to tell people what I think needs to be heard. If I can find more people like that down there, I mean, cause guys like PBD are down there, Patrick, bet David, that's a dude who I look at. I've seen him speak live. That's a guy who I'd like to work with more than anything. I want to become a fixture in like the electronic music scene. Mm-hmm. dance music. I know you love that. I was sitting there thinking about that too. I said, like, oh man, he's going to be down there. I'm right going to Ultra in Miami in about a man. month. I want to get to know the DJs and I want to get to know the players and all those guys. And it's not because I want to party, but it's because like mm-hmm. the, the, the level of people I met at first form, like Andy, take that out. Like that's, that's giving Sal, take that out. I was like, dude, I've met Alex Hormozzi. Mm-hmm. I've met Ed Milet. Like I've met a lot of crazy people that it's just like, I've been yeah. in the presence of Tim Grover. You know, yeah. it's like, so that is my dog. I, I really want to meet him. Shout I out. I want to continue to build those relationships with people who are actually making a difference. And to me, the best way I can offer value to people is communication. I want this to, at some point, pay yeah. my bills too. And yeah. that's just the start. I, I, a whole bunch of properties, 
And eventually, yeah, I want to. I think the most crazy thing for me is to say I do want to find that person who makes me feel complete. Nothing wrong with that. Is nothing wrong with saying that. But what I want to say to you is like, you got it already. It's already there. Like you saying you you speaking in existence. You got the game plan. It's like I use this proverbial thing. It's it's something that's like a chain. It's like uh, at some point you got to just take it off. Yeah. And just walk. And I think what, it, what happens is with all of us, like I have these same type of aspirations, like when you ask me about another barbershop or anything like that. And it's just usually fear. And there's nothing wrong with being scared. But as a matter of fact, if you ain't scared, then you might be a little crazy. But it's like fear, is, it shows that you care and you want to do it right. But there's no way to do it right. But what I'm saying to you is you have all the tools. And I'm not saying this as a cliche. You're doing it already. It's just now you just got to go. And it's like, it's something that you're connected to here. Mm-hmm. It's a reason why you want go. But the thing is, sometimes you got you to gotta leave to be better so you can come back to make everything even more better. Mm-hmm. And that's why I learned with what I've been doing. Like, I'm not here as much as I used to be because I used to be afraid that like, oh my God, if I'm not here, I'm not helping Lee Blends grow. And I've been learning that the Lee Blends don't need me no more. I'm not leaving. I'm not going anywhere. But I look at the reviews. I look at the business. I listen to what people say about this place. They don't say nothing about Sir. They say something about Elite Blends. And so now I know that if I want to live my dream as a traveling barber or if I want to live out of state or anything like that, this place is already strong. You already set your foundation. Now it's time for you just... Try to do it. It's scary. I gotta. I, there's there's a plan. But yeah, I know. I already know it's a plan. You've it, been doing it. Yeah. You just been doing like everything you do. Just like uh, just you dip, your, you dip your toe in there, and you're like, all right, okay. It's like right, a plunge. Cool. Like I don't want to do this, but I might mess around. And just do one of these. Just man, don't you dare! <laughs> don't you dare throw me in the plunge of life. I'm like swim, boy. <laughs> swim. <laughs> Run. <laughs> oh, I can swim. I can swim. Don't no, you worry. I'm talking about, but like proverbially, yeah, yeah, yeah. In in your goals and your aspirations, yeah. next you know, just like how you couldn't swim, you are gonna start treading water, man. And then next you know, you swimming, and you gonna be like, oh shit, I'm doing it. I'm in South Beach. Yeah. Oh, I swam to South Beach from the Mississippi River. But I'm just saying though, it's like that's that's what it is, man. And just so you know that I hear you, dog. Like. You know, I, I was at EDC Vegas with the Joe brothers and Man. Jeff Lavecchio and uh, Dr. Tony Katakis. Like, these guys all have bigger brands than me. They've all been in doing their business thing. I still mm-hmm. think Matt's way better than me in media. Shout out to him because he taught me literally everything I know. But, like, you know, I, I was at what I would consider the biggest festival of the year. I'd never been to Vegas before. I paid for it all on my own dime. I'd started contracting a first form. Yep. And, like, I, I have the car that I've, I'm from the south side. I have a I have a black charger. <laughs> it is what the fuck it is. I, I, I was just sitting there. Like I, I wandered off to the porta potties during a loud luxury set. And like, you know, in VIP, even like people are like crowding the porta potties. Yeah. But like, it was quiet. No matter how much I could hear the music, like it was quiet. I was just sitting there. And I, but I, I, I came to the conclusion of what you just said. I was like, this is living your dream. And if you don't take a moment to appreciate it, it'll pass you by. Man, you got to do it. It's nothing like it. It's nothing like it. Like, and then you might even cry. Like, I remember. I cried earlier. Oh. <laughs> While I was here. What do yeah. you mean? <laughs> like, I remember after I did my first WWE show, and there was nobody around. And they was like, all right, sorry, packing up, man. We're getting ready to go. 
And I still look at this picture. And I'm sitting there looking at the TV and I'm watching the main event. And I looked and I looked around. And I saw the WWE logo. And I started crying. I said, yo, I fucking did it. I was like, wow, I, I did it. Like, and this whole time, I was like, you ain't going, you can't do this. There's no, no way. And then, and then the most important thing, I, I, I had a certain amount of people, certain people I wanted to cut, and I cut them too. And like, I was, I'm seeing all these different human beings and whatnot, and then they liked my haircuts, and they liked all these things, and there's nothing like it. So what I'm, what I'm saying is, like, all that, the most important thing is, you got to do what you want to do. I know, I, I think this is going to be the theme of this, this podcast. You got to do it because you don't never, ever want to look back in your life and regret. Or it's like somebody do something that you wanted to do. And then it was like, oh, man, I'm going to do this. Like, yeah, man, I thought about doing that, man. But uh, I tried. Could have, should have, would have. You're just sitting there. But, like, it's the different thing. Like, if somebody did what you want to do, it's a kid that want, or it's a guy. I've had a guy get in my um in my inbox say he want to be a WWE barber. I said, go for it, bro. Do it. You know, Start working. Just get to working. This, this, and that. Because be I better. know how it feel. And so, yeah. But now, I wasn't um, protective. I wasn't envious that this guy wanted to do the thing that I did. But he was looking at me. It was like, you do what I, you do what you, what I want to do. How do I do it? And now I get to say, I was like, oh yeah, bro. This how blah 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 blah. But I could have been like, nah, man, you don't want to do that because I didn't do it. Inspire or I didn't, someone. you know, I'm gatekeeping now. It's like, no. So what I'm saying is at least like something whereas you live down in the South Beach a month or something, we'll, we'll talk about it. But it's like, it's like you got to do it. You have to because you don't want that regret whatsoever. I have no regret. No regrets. None. Not one. Even the times that I thought I had regrets and I was angry. Because I'm sitting here talking to you today, it's just affirmation that I don't have. I wouldn't change nothing. Everybody always say, would you go back with a time machine? No. Wouldn't change not one thing. Not one. Not one. Even the bad things. You need those. The good things, the bad things, I wouldn't change them. You wouldn't know the good things were if it weren't for the bad things. Yeah. Man, I appreciate you so much. Likewise, brother. Thank you for being my friend, my big brother. And of course... <laughs> If there's if there's one person who's on speed dial that isn't your mama or your significant other, <laughs> it's the person who does your hair. Oh man! Plug your stuff. Plug where people can find you. Where, what they should be aware of that's coming in the future, and just All let the right. people know. So you can find me on Instagram at IG at real name dot sir. I'm on YouTube at real name sir. I'm on TikTok at real name sir. Uh, all of this is going to be real name sir. You can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, I've been doing everything that Gary Vee been telling me to do and post my stuff on every place. Um, yeah, you might see Elite Blends too. Um, uh, you could check me out. Well, you could see, we could check out my haircut every Friday night on SmackDown uh, <laughs> for the Viper, Randy Orton. And then also, uh, yeah, man, I'm going to keep everything else close to the vest that I got planned. But uh, I got some very exciting things that I'm excited about that I feel that is going to be uh, life changing. So yeah, mm. guys, follow this man. If you're in the St. Louis area, or if you're thinking about visiting, come check out Elite Blends. You will not have a more authentic barbershop experience than you will here. Yeah. This man is a master of his craft. He'll leave you with a lot of wisdom. And you know, guys, if you made it up to this point of the podcast, consider doing us a favor: leave us a like, leave us a review, a rating. 
You know, even if you thought it wasn't good, tell me it wasn't good. That's cap. But, you know, I would just appreciate some feedback if you would tell a friend. Other than that, this has probably been my favorite podcast I've ever done. Oh, man. <laughs> and I'm sorry that it's over. But unfortunately, we're out. We're out.